0: Hello and welcome to Get Jill, Get Chicken Bones. A common misconception amongst my peers is that I know a lot of stuff or that I have the answers to questions that span a whole cross-section of life as they shout, Get Jill! Full disclosure people, I don't. In this series of podcasts I'll be discussing topics surrounding the mind and the body that affect us modern souls. Hopefully coming out the other side, pulling up our big know-it-all pants just a little higher each time. Let's get to the chicken bones of it. Up this week, we're tackling an emotive subject in that we're going to talk about death. Obviously not what happens when you're going to die because no one knows the answer to that, but we're going to be speaking about the prospect of facing death and how it shapes you as a person. Today's guest has indeed been faced with that fact and we're going to delve into her psyche to see it from her point of view, from someone who receives that news and that there's a pretty good chance that you're not going to make it to the other side alive. Please welcome Lisa Thurkettle. Lisa! Hello! (laughs) Hi! Firstly, thanks very much for coming along to speak about what can sometimes be a daunting subject for people to get their head around. I mean, I rather churlishly say, I don't fear death itself, but then again, I've never been told that, you know? I've never been faced with it. So... Let's dive right in, Lisa. First of all, I can't thank you enough for this. Can you tell us how your story began?
1: Yep. So I um, was pregnant with my daughter um, and was going for scans. Um, and on the scan, it showed that I had a fibroid, which was completely and utterly normal. I don't know the stats, but I think maybe seventy 50, over 50% of women either have cysts or fibroids. So it was nothing too concerning um the baby Libby was breech um because the fibroid had grown that much that it went wow. over my birth canal so yeah um okay. so I had to have a and again there was no alarm bells at this stage um no pain no pain Nothing. no alarm bells no medical um urgency but it was explainable because I think And don't quote me on the science here, but either the estrogen or the progesterone, I think it was estrogen, had fed the fibroid, which was all explained, you know, it all explained itself. So then I had Libby by cesarean section, which was a planned one due to my birth canal being blocked. And I um, went away and was looking forward to having my maternity leave. Happy days. Um, Booked a holiday to Turkey. Fab. Went to Turkey, had a wild time with you know my first um, obviously holiday as a mum. Uh, A a few of us went, Gary's family, my you know family. It was really good. And then when I got back, I started to feel a little bit unwell. But when I say unwell, it was tiredness. So I completely put it down to just having a baby. Yeah, post-holiday blues, fatigue, fatigue, thinking I'd do too much. You know, not adjusting properly. Went back to the doctors, they said, oh, if you just lie down, I'd already had my six week check and nothing. And then there was a, a sort of a, a a bump, what I can describe as a bump rather than a lump, I know, um, in my stomach. Mm. And they were like, that's really odd. Um, let's send you up to the Lido for a ultrasound. So I was like, okay, fine. And again, nothing. And they were, they were like, oh, don't know what that that is. The guy, um, the Lido said to me, look, the ultrasound shows that um there's a big mass there, but it it's probably nothing untoward. So I'm like, again,
0: yeah. in Thinking, my bubble, fine, yeah, I've yeah. I've never been pregnant before, I've yeah. never had a child, child. I don't so know it's all, what to expect. Exactly.
1: And then um I went for an MRI scan to again my mum and dad were in Cyprus at this time. Went for an MRI scan, which I'm claustrophobic, so I hated. Yeah. Uh, and it was a full body MRI. Again, no alarm bells with me were ringing here. Nobody, you know, went to, um, got home and then the next day, literally a letter on my door arrived in the post. It was very odd. It was like they'd written it as soon as I'd walked out the MRI scan. You need to come on a, back on an MRI scan this afternoon. I was like, well, that's really odd. And I phoned them and I said, you've made a mistake yeah. I I had one yesterday, and they went. No, you need to come back in. I was like, that's really odd. That's when I started thinking: have they made a mistake? Have yeah. they not scanned enough? Was I moving? Yeah, used to be all these things. So I went, and I went, and I had the MRI scan. Went to my friends that evening, um, just for a chat, and got a phone call off Neil McLaughlin to say, "Who are you with?" And I said, "My friend." And they said, "Right." Your results have come back um, suspicious um, and I would like you to go to the Royal Marsden. So I had never heard of the Royal Marsden before, therefore did not link cancer, because it's a a cancer hospital, to my thing. So I was like, why? And he said, "Um, you're going to need a radical emergency hysterectomy. So uh, no cancer's been mentioned. So I was like, "Okay." And my first response was, well, why can't I have the hysterectomy over here? Um and he I said, You can do them, you do them on gorillas. <laughs> he said, I'll never forget. And his words I've w- were t- I watched that Donald yeah, yeah. Hang on, why why am I? <laughs> um and he his words were, Where I'm sending you, Lisa, I would send my wife. So you just need to not question it and you just need to go to Raw Marsden. So I was like, Okay. Get, still not at this point. No, are
0: you thinking anything? Well, other I just than, thought this is very oh, odd. Oh, I need to
1: get rid of this fibroid. Yeah, this is really odd. Very naive because I hadn't really looked into hysterectomies at thirty six. Yeah, you know. So that was that, and then went home. Said to Gary, things seem a bit urgent. They they don't seem like so. My mum had worked at St Saviour's for 30-odd years and she'd come across Royal Marsden just in being in, you know, a hospital yeah. and medical, whatever. So we phoned them in Cyprus and said, look, we, I have to go to Royal Marsden. And they kind of, they didn't know I had cancer, but that was a lot, enough for my yeah. mum and dad to say, right, we're getting on the flight and we're going to meet you in Gatwick.
0: I was like... Right, okay, what, okay. Would this have been unusual for your mum and dad to like Very. run to your aid? Well, yeah, I mean, you're... they're there, you know, yeah. but
1: they were like, right, well, we'll come and meet you. I was like, okay, Gary, and Libby was four months old. So I was like, okay, met in the, um, in the, what do you call it, in Gatwick, and yeah, and then went to the Royal Marsden and walked up the steps, and it said like, a, I think a cancer hospital or a, something of reference about, oh. it on the archway and I was yeah. like what's this what the hell's this and that was yeah that's the first that sort was the of inc- England that yeah.
0: this is more serious than, than I thought yeah yeah blame yeah. me so you i mean where to start with that so when you got in there you're obviously with everyone, your yep, mum, your yep. parents. Yep,
1: so Ga- Gary. luckily Gary's family live in Essex, so we would stay there the night before. His dad yeah. had driven us into central London. Um, so you
0: get into the appointment. Yeah. At that point, do they mention what's going on?
1: Um, they sort of say, you know, have you heard of the word sarcoma? And I was like, No. Um, And all this sort of jargon. And we were like, no. And they said, we don't know for sure yet, because obviously we haven't done the operation. We haven't done the histology. um, And we, we don't know, but we suspect that you have sarcoma. So I was like, okay. And it was a form of sarcoma called Lyman sarcoma, which is extremely rare. So I was like, okay, again, there, it was all just words because I had no reference. Uh, yeah, well, if they'd have said you've got breast cancer, I probably would have known somebody that had
0: yeah, had processed it or it a
1: little had seen a easier. film about it. Or, but they said um, to put some context around it, Lisa. One in eight women get breast cancer, so you'd find a support group for a breast cancer or. Your cancer that we suspect you have is like there's six people in every million in the world. Is wow. that rare? Yeah. So I was like, okay, right, fine. So you're going to struggle to find much information. Uh, all right, okay, that that helps. <laughs> yeah, so they just um,
0: left you sort of hanging. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, they were really good and really efficient and you knew that you were in the best place. But still, it was all, there was no, I couldn't reference anything yeah, you know, so it wasn't you, lung cancer, it wasn't breast cancer, it wasn't a part of my body that you'd probably learnt about or you'd seen or yeah, or you knew someone, someone, yeah.
0: yeah. So they've um, they haven't given you a diagnosis, you know, they've just said we're going to whip it all out and have a look at it, and yeah, it m- might or might not be the case,
1: yeah. So they, I remember going um, just before my operation, and you have to sign something, and again, I, I. Remember to this day, I was not worried about cancer then. Yeah. I really wasn't. I was like, well, I've had Libby. Um, it's a bit daunting having this operation, but I know I'm in the best hands. Uh, thank God I've had Libby because I know there's people in this ward that haven't had children and they're, you know, having yeah. hysterectomies. So, um, but the guy said to me, the professor that was doing the operation, now listen, Lisa, I don't know what I'm going to see when I go under, uh, under the microscope or whatever. Um, but, there might be a chance that you wake up and you have a colostomy bag. And that's the only thing I was bothered about. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? And I was like lying on the opera, you know, J- yeah. sorry. And he goes, well, I might nick your bowel or, you know, when I'm, oh my God, mom,
0: mom! <laughs> no one wants that fact. I know. It's a fact of life sometimes. But I was, this is yeah. where my head was at at the time. You weren't like, thinking... God, I might die. No, thinking... it was about the bag. Yeah, so at what... <laughs> I'm laughing at that, but yeah, I can understand just... that. So at what point after that did they diagnose you? Yeah,
1: so they... Um, I was in raw Marsden for two weeks, um, obviously after the hysterectomy, and it takes... Yeah, it's um, a
0: pretty big operation on its on own. On its own,
1: um, which was not too bad. So, a med- you know, medically induced menopause isn't yeah. great, but, you know... It was, I really, really, really couldn't, I suppose, thank them enough. You know, when yeah. I was in intensive care for two days, you know, I had my own, my own nurse um, who was from the Philippines called Precious. Oh, I yeah, love her already. I know. She's yeah, just that she name. she she's just amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, all that experience was fine. Um, and they said, now, now you'll go home and we will call you once we have the results. I'm like, well, when are the bloody results, you know? But again, I was just more focused on walking again and, um, you've got a
0: little baby that needs you. And
1: yeah, and because they couldn't do keyhole, it literally was a scar from, you know, my breastplate to my, the bottom of my stomach. So it was sore. Yeah. Then two weeks later, well, three weeks later, I was back in Jersey and I literally got, I literally (laughs) got a phone call. I was on my own. Uh, My mum was taking Libby to the shops in the pram. Phone went, hello, all very, hi, this is Professor Judd, uh, no, Professor Shepherd. I was like, hi, Professor Shepherd." Okay, and it was so matter of fact. Okay, so your results are in. And in fact, as suspected, you have um, a high grade stage three Lyman sarcoma and you will need six to seven months of adjuvant chemotherapy. It was all very, and I was just like,
0: gave you the facts direct.
1: Oh my God. I was like, oh my God. Oh, my God, is this happening?
0: So where, where are you taking that in? I was Did just sat on my sofa. It I was like, in?
1: what the hell? So am I going to die? Um, the, we can't tell anyone if they're going to die. No. I was like, okay. Okay, right. okay, okay. And then my mum walks back in from being at the shop and I said, I've got cancer, mum. Then my friend was popping around to see Livy, and I just told her. And she was like, what? She got
0: all upset. But I I was numb. Yeah, were you still like, I'm not taking this in Yeah, because I still
1: didn't know what type of cancer it was. You know, like I wasn't, I hadn't Googled anything at this stage. I I didn't know. So I was a bit like, not matter of
0: fact, but I was a bit like, okay, and what now? Do you think that benefited you from kind of being in the dark about it? Yeah. Because you you didn't go blooming full scale, Google this, Google that, I'm going to die, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that did come. Yeah. But at that time, I think I, my doctor over here, he was saying, you know, after, because I was saying, how have I got this? How, you know, and he was saying, look, because I've got such a inquisitive, logical brain and I read a lot and I want to know why and wherefores and things Mm. like that. He said, you're never going to get this with this. If you had lung cancer and you'd been smoking 60 a day, you can see the correlation. You know, there's there's a link or... You know, I don't know an obesity type cancer, and yeah. this one simply was the stars weren't aligned, and that was yeah. from my doctor. He said just... that you can't, you're not gonna, your brain is not gonna commute, compute why you've got this, yeah. and you need to get over it.
0: Pulled out the the wrong yeah. raffle ticket yeah. that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when so you've got the diagnosis, mm-hmm. then you're starting to come to terms with that. And you have to tell other people. Yeah. That is a big thing. Yeah. Can you explain how you broached this subject? Was it nearest and dearest? Then did it filter down? I mean, I've heard people feel guilty Yeah, when they're telling people they don't want to burden them. Did you just go in all guns blazing? Yeah, so... I'm going to die! Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to die. Um,
1: so I... I th- it was so strange, like you're saying, that the roles sort of reversed. So for me, it was... There was two sort of sets of people i was thinking oh god how am i going to tell them yeah. and that was my parents and my stepchildren at the time because they were i can't remember the ages of them that was you know 6 years ago 12 and 8 or something yeah so i was really concerned about telling my parents and my brother um because I wanted to protect my parents more so because their, their experience of cancer is death. Yeah. You know, there is no in between really a and, lot of the time. And their age group. Generational. People, yeah, people yeah. died and no one knew why and then they were just like, oh, they had cancer. Yeah, so, they just so there was assume. no, yeah, so I had to, I was thinking about that, you know, their parents had died of cancer, you know, it was, yeah. you know, so, yeah, that was really difficult. Um, and I don't think I ever, I told my mum more. We kind of, like, my dad's, you have to, he worries, he overly worries. Yeah. And I'll come to that in a bit. But he, he, it was hard to tell him more, you know, like he was going, but you're going to be okay though, aren't you? And we're like, yeah, but maybe not. You know, the yeah. maybe not he wouldn't listen to.
0: Yeah, because uh, no him no wants out. their child to go Yeah, a friend that, of they... mine,
1: you know, went up to him in town and said, <laughs> oh, how, how, oh God, John, how's, how's Lisa? And he went, fine. You know, there was some yeah. denial there for yeah, a while, definitely. for a while, and then, you he, know, he almost wants
0: you to reassure him. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. There was massive, like, massively. So I was like, you know, and for an old school person, I had to like say, I think going to Macmillan would be good, Dad. And he was like, Oh, hang on a minute, hang do all this hugging nonsense. Yeah. But <laughs> my we problems. went once, and it and it just. It didn't, we didn't even need to say anything, but there was other people there that had had cancer many, many, many years ago, and the reassurance that that gave my parents was amazing. Yeah. Do you know what I
0: mean? So, yeah, the survivorship the slight, of it all, the, the subtleness. Yeah, I mean, I do. I love so you're filtering it down. You're having to tell work colleagues, people you meet in the street, and I love other people's reactions to things, oh, right, yeah. especially bad news. Yeah. I've got this nervous disorder, so, right. when if someone tells me about some somebody's died, I same. I struggle with the laughter. There's probably a name for it, but anyway. No, so do
1: I. Do people still whisper the C word? Yeah, I'm the puppy the puppy dog eyes. Oh my so god. So then I internally <laughs> I'm now I'm
0: starting to get nervous, <laughs> laughter for you. No,
1: but internally and you you go, Right, hang on, here we go, here we oh, go. How am I, going I to had watch people this? that I knew really well and they avoided me in the street. Oh damn it. Right. So but do you know what? Uh, whatever. I, I'm not going to take offense to that. Whatever. No. You Is it
0: because he didn't know what to say? They didn't know what to you...
1: say. And actually, it's it. It wasn't. You know, I wasn't too old when I got cancer. So I was 36. I should have been on my maternity leave, yeah. loving life with my bugaboo. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and this wasn't sort of this didn't fit. So, and then you had some people that were like looking as if, you know, something was going to... I had four heads. Did they treat you with kid gloves? Yeah, like, and they were like, oh, oh. kid!" Okay. And the puppy dog eyes, and the voice changed. Oh, my God. And I had a group of women come up to me at, near the mat counter in Voisins, and they literally huddled round and were like... Oh, yeah. And and I was like,
0: what? Yes. Do I, what do I say to these Yes, people? I'm just
1: out Christmas shopping. <laughs> Hello? You know, I did find that a bit draining, having to be cheerful
0: with people that I'm like to explain people that, yourself yeah
1: run up to me and crying their eyes out and I'm like oh do you know what? Yeah, yeah it's a sin but it's about me not you bye <laughs> do you know what I mean and I know they're I'm not caring. I'm not here to yeah I ha- I'll tell you a quick funny story I was doing race for life but walking with all my friends and I had a headscarf on um and my daughter was in plaster for uh, six months with hip dysplasia we right. looked like an absolute joke <laughs> nobody knew who the patient was and all this so I'm walking no one knew who
0: it ran to first no. and give their sympathy no to. they didn't
1: but this lady that I hadn't seen for many years I had a headscarf on none of my friends did obviously and we were doing Race for Life walking she came up and she was notoriously nosy anyway so mm. I was kind of like oh I'm, I'm ready for yeah, you yeah I'm ready for you so she was like a complete space invader, no personal space, mm. bumper to bumper to my nose and went, are you okay? And I went, yes. Like, I was really deadpan <laughs> because I thought I'm going to have a laugh here. Yeah. And she was like, she would not take no for an answer. She'd no, but, but she wouldn't say it. She would, but, but, and she was looking at my head, looking at, she just didn't, she was that, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? And she kept bringing it back to me. And I in the end, and I was like, what, what, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. And I got started getting the bit of a, an annoyance on. Yeah. And my friends were like, oh, just. Go- you're you're going to so get aggro in a minute. And I nearly did, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Because I was just like, just come out and say it.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the overwhelming urge of people that want to know your business I know. is ridiculous. I know,
1: I know. Oh, what I about was, your cancer? I know, where was it? Yeah,
0: you know, da, 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 and is I'm that, just like,
1: I don't mind talking about it, but it was just this woman would not relent. Yeah, she but was you're like, to I ask
0: you about your bloody piles. I know, you know exactly, I mean? exactly. It is bizarre. I know. So did your attitude towards other people change? I mean, you just mentioned there that story <laughs> and... A lot of people expect you to be humbled and grateful that you're still alive. Yeah. I mean, do you still get road rage? Do you still think people are
1: assholes. 100%. 100%. And and the person that I am, I feel like that hasn't gone and I didn't want cancer or this death hanging over me to define me either. So yeah. I was, I've probably been more conscious of still having road rage, still not giving a shit. Still, do you know, like... Yeah. You I, haven't
0: gone completely, oh, forget about it. that. No, I haven't gone completely
1: sort of, you know, it doesn't matter that there's no wrap and paper left for, yeah. you know, we'll I do mean, this. It's and Christmas Eve, Eve and I didn't get and, to yeah, M&S. So. Yeah, and I haven't become that organised person that, you know, will make life so pretty and it'll be amazing and stuff. I'm still me and I'm still, yeah. you know, a bit erratic and I... You know, I do, I'm i very, very thankful for things. I'm thankful every day, and I am, and that's a cliché. But I haven't, and I've been quite conscious of not changing who I am.
0: Yeah, I, and that's yeah. essentially who you are as a person. Yeah. You shouldn't be suddenly thinking, oh, I'm so humbled. Yeah, so, exactly. As you started treatment, were you hopeful that you were effectively, you're swimming against the tide in terms of your emotional well-being? Mm. How did you muster that positivity? Did you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to like smash this? Or were you like, I can't fucking do this again?
1: So it swung quite a lot, like a pendulum really yeah. did. So I'm quite a positive person. Again, because I didn't have a reference, a lot of a reference point of what is going on inside me, I couldn't talk to a lot of people about the detail because, you know, other patients, because there wasn't a support group. There yeah. wasn't a... So... It was hard. I think I, I made sure that whilst I Googled things, I, I made sure that I took stripped out all the negative because I did say to the sarcoma specialist in the Royal Mars but I'm going to be okay, aren't I? I'll always remember that because I was just looking for him for reassurance. And he said, no, I, no. He said, I, I'm not telling you that. Yeah. I'm telling you that you've got a very, very rare form of a high aggressive cancer. So if you want to go on the sarcoma site, you do that. But for every good story, you'll hear a bad story.
0: Were you thinking, in your gut feeling, I've got this. I, this yeah, isn't, I mean, I'm not a
1: statistic. This is well, this is a good thing. I kept saying statistically, statistically, you know. And I'm not getting all sort of geeky here, but I done biology at university. I'm quite logical I statistics, yeah. you know, mathematical thing. I wanted to know what were my prognosis where was the percentage of yeah. a 36 year old girl getting this there there isn't that there, there isn't that information out there because it's, it's so, so rare yeah. um so I, I spoke quite thing and I said I need to know and they said well we're telling you right now you're not a statistic do not do not think of yourself as a number or a statistic and at first I was thinking they're only saying that because it's like I don't know, a really, really high chance of me dying. And they probably were protecting me because I think a lot of this is about, and I don't want to take away from anyone that's died of cancer here because I have known good friends, you know, people that have died. A lot of it for me personally was about my mental health as well.
0: How you approach something. Yeah.
1: So I'm glad they told me I wasn't a statistic at the time. They knew what they were telling me because the minute... They knew the type of person I was. And if I'd hung on to a statistic, I might have gone, Well, what the hell's the point in this? Yeah, don't bother with the don't chemo. Don't sod the not, chemo. I'll yeah. just go out for six months and I'll take my chances. But I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't.
0: And do you think having a child that was so young at the time helped with that? When yeah. You're like, that's it. I've got to be here. Yeah, I've I think no very much so.
1: This. I think as well, it was like, I'm not done here yet. I'm not. And I'm sure every cancer patient yeah, says yeah. that. So I'm not. But having a baby of three, four months old, I kind of, um, I suppose you get this strength that you didn't know you had. Mm. And that's what, you know, the fear that you get when you're getting told, the fear is horrendous. But getting that fear and turning it into strength,
0: but mental strength. I don't mean, obviously, you need to be physically strong. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. Yeah, taking that bubble and thinking, right, I've just got to push that in another direction. So who did you have around you? Who was there for you? throughout all this
1: so my family and friends so I've got a really strong support network my family extended family my friends I think you know there's some friends that um I was close to and you know throughout like and a, and and I wasn't so close to and some of that's changed now so I'm closer to some people yeah and that's through the cancer diagnosis and and how I had my relationship with them and and what they brought to me to the party yeah. so to speak and it wasn't all sort of meals you know I had really good friends and family friends meals delivered to the door um but other people gave me my space and I appreciated that as well yeah Whereas and did
0: you manage to like weed out the bullshit yeah, friends as yeah well? those
1: intrusive people yeah. around which you know i'm no longer I, I, mean, I haven't fallen out with anyone but you know i've arm's length arm's yeah, length, and that's fine that. um but you you do you do see people's true colors yeah and do you think you couldn't have managed it
0: without this no i group couldn't of have. People?
1: i couldn't i couldn't have managed it without for instance you know one day i was having a really bad day again i'd googled and read <laughs> loads of papers god damn that google i know <laughs> read loads of papers by scientists about this Lyme and sarcoma and it said, you know, chemotherapy doesn't always work. So I've delved right and went into a rabbit hole, got really upset, didn't want to get out of bed, felt really ill. My mum came round and it was like my mum's a really, really strong northern, you know, woman who, you know, she's had it hard at times in her Mm -hmm. childhood and stuff, you know, growing up. But she was like, Lisa, you may be ill. But you don't need to look ill. Get your makeup on. You know, things yeah, like that. Good. Little get sentiments up. like, no, that. get the shower. We're yeah. all doing this, we'll do it, right? So I need things like that. And yeah. that's what you need, you know, like, so need I was like, bit. I'm honestly, I was being, you know, <laughs> Bet Davis, <which> knows <laughs> yeah. I can be. She's like, no, you might be ill, Lisa, but you're sat on your come and sit in the sofa have a shower put your makeup on yeah you I think you need better. a bit of tough love as you well do, don't yeah. you
0: because you can't give yourself that no you'd, oh you'd be in bed for days just exactly. beefing your eyes out exactly <laughs> so in terms of side effects I mean losing your hair right away yeah but so in the grand scheme of things yeah I mean it's at the nothing. time I mean was... I loved your shorter hair yeah at the, the time, curl. yeah. At the time, it was bloody,
1: you know, horrendous. Was it devastating? So it was well, new- more so than the bag that you never 100%. had. 100%. <laughs> it was like, you know, I, I say now, if you have cancer in your hand, you would literally just say, chop my hand off. Mm. Like, just get the, take yeah. the hand off, right? Or the arm. Yeah. You do whatever. But I think the day we all went out, New Year's Day, to the treehouse, and I'd cut my hair quite short anyway in preparation. And I'd spoken to somebody that had had cancer, and they said to me, "Whatever you do, don't let that control you, because you have visions of these eighties films with yeah. people in the shower, and it's coming off on and the pillow and, all, and horrendous." Yeah. So I thought, "No, you take control of that. You be the you know one in control." So. New Year's Day, we had our meal at the tree house, walking out, it was a really windy day. Then my hair started coming out in clumps. And that was on my second round of chemo. Right. So I was like, Oh, I'm gonna even, be I'm not even losing my hair. You even know? though it was quite short, you yeah. just felt it coming out. It was out. like I had a scarf on actually, and the yeah. way my scarf had brushed against it, and I was like, It was a really dark, miserable day as well. Yeah. And New Year's Day can be quite depressing, can't it? So I was like, Right, Gaz, mm-hmm. as soon as we got home, get the clippers out, shave it. Shave my head, and he was like, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." Because I'm, yeah, just do it. I mean, how was he coping with all of this? Mm, I don't know. He was, he was kind of on autopilot. Was he a bit
0: stoic? I mean, yeah. I've got, we've yeah. got a child here. I'll just be, yeah. I'll be I'll the one who's to, keeping everything yeah. together. Yeah. Well, yeah. you have your
1: meltdowns or
0: whatever.
1: 100%, yeah. And he tried to... Well, he did. He carried on as normal a lot of the time. If he had football training, he went to football training. Whereas yeah. I'd be like, what are you doing? He was like, no, well, we've got to come on. Yeah. Which was good in yeah, hindsight. Of course. you know We weren't sat looking at each other
0: crying. And then, yeah, you're like, don't leave yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So did you face any other particular... Um, physical challenges or mental. I mean, mentally and emotionally, it's constant roller coaster, but was there any other physical side effects that you had to start explaining to other people? I mean, when people see you with a headscarf <laughs> on, they're going to be like that. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Big
1: C. Yeah, the big C. Um, yeah, I mean, still to this day, like I drop words in sentences and it frustrates the hell out of me. <laughs> I like to chat, quite articulate. Yeah. I'll be talking da, 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 and I'll just now I don't know if that is a combination of age, chemo brain because it, it, that is real chemo brain is totally real for anyone yeah. that's listening to this who have chemotherapy is real and baby brain but I drop words and I go what is that what is that and I've tried to research that as well but it just you know I'll be well, you just completely miss
0: the word out of the sentence no you just I forget, go, I forget. is this is?
1: a block, a brain fog yeah. and I go nope no, can't, no, can't so. get it. And then you, because I think with chemo, it just like newts all the badness, but all the goodness as well. And you start <laughs> yeah.
0: again. So if you, do you tell everyone at work now? Oh, ha- by the way, I have- some
1: Well, I don't <laughs> as much now, but when I first went back to work, I was like, I don't think I can, it's very risky me sat here.
0: Yeah. Because you-
1: I might do a deal that's completely wrong. Like I felt like I had to not learn over again, but it was definitely a bit of a, a learning curve. Double yourself.
0: Yeah, oh, 100%. So, you're in the midst of it. Yeah. You're getting your chemo. Where are you with regrets? Do you start thinking about all the things you hadn't achieved or wanted to achieve? I mean, did you have a bucket list? Like, I always wanted to do X, visit Y. Are you simply concentrating on staying alive? Or do you think, like, oh, I'll think about all that later? Or did you go down the rabbit hole of regret?
1: Again, it was very um, a pendulum, like a swinging pendulum. So, I would be like no we are focusing the only one thing that i need to do today is survive yeah so for instance i'd go and have my chemo and i would this sounds very bizarre but I would sit, and I would again tell this to anyone. I would sit and look at the chemotherapy, the physical chemotherapy running through my vein—not look through my veins—but like coming but, down the and tube. imagine that it's liquid gold, and it's going to go through every artery and every capillary, and it's going to cure me, and it's gonna—and I'd do that each time, amazing. yeah, like every time, and I'd like really
0: like manifest. Had it you even th- researched any creative visualization in that?
1: I do you know what? Or I don't know. That are, you know, I don't know if somebody this. had. If I'd read it somewhere, or I'd, I'd seen it, or something, but I did it, and a friend of mine has since had cancer, and I told her to do the same thing, and she's Amazing. like, well, Because you know, your body does go a bit hot, and you get a bit. Yeah. But I, I said, just, just keep visualising that this is working; it's magic, literally. Yeah, you're going to be gold plated. Well, yeah, <laughs> and you know, I think I don't know. I just don't know. Just it was. It was.
0: What, what was the question? See, this is what I do. <laughs> yes. This is what I do. What was the question? Like, I'm menopausal. I do this as well. <laughs> tell you. Oh, another physical
1: side effect is that I've got osteopenia, which is no, the one before osteoporosis.
0: Osteoporosis. It's yeah,
1: but I've got the one before, right? Okay, of having the chemo and and the damage to my bones. So that's ah, the physical right. one. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the chemo does that to your bones. Yeah, nice. Yeah. No, I was talking about regrets. Oh, regrets. So uh, yes, yeah, so I've I've a, a few.
1: few. I've I I sat there and thought I've always or, it was a bit like it was never going to happen then, like 36. But I've I'd always wanted to live in New York. Yeah, and then. You know, I'd got on with life. I'd always wanted to live in New York. I'd done loads of travelling and stuff, but work and live in New York. And I never got to do it. And I, for some reason, became a bit obsessed while sat with my chemo yeah. watching things about New York. So Just there, I think another subconsciously, focus. I was thinking, God, what Were if I like, don't you like, right, Gary,
0: get... we need to do this. We yeah. need to do that. Was he like, not another hair idea?
1: Oh, well, I think that that is one of the long-standing after-effects of facing death, chemotherapy, cancer, is... I'd say only the last year I've slowed down, if I'm honest. Really? So the side effects is cramming everything in. Like my friends will say, Lisa, please slow down. You do not need to go to Take every festival. Yeah. You do not need to go to every thing that's going on. You don't need to go to every continent in a year. You know, you can slow down, Lisa, because but you're, you're like, okay. you like, I do! Yeah. But you're a good like, husband. I know, he he's like, like, Jesus, the, you know, the credit card. No. <laughs> And I have, it wasn't until I'd say the last year or two that I've, you know, started going to Waterstones to buy books about slow living, slow living, you know, and, and really having to consciously think, right, you don't have to do everything all the time. But that has been a real sort of after effect Now, we're, of, what
0: are we, six years in now? Yeah. And you're only just yeah. getting yeah. to that point 100%. Now.
1: Like, can you get Glastonbury tickets? Yeah, let's get them. Get get as many as you can because other people want to go. And if they've never experienced it, they need to experience it. You yeah. know, like things with like you. that. you. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Everyone come with me. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah.
1: So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so the bucket list getting shorter now. You're 100%. like that. 100%. We'll just go on a two... Well, post-Covid. We'll just oh. go on a two-week holiday if we can. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. You don't need to go to bloody, I don't know, America, Dubai, Thailand and same year. It was just about cramming a lot in Mm. because I think it's always the time it's you think, right, you've got your holidays from work. How is hashtag making memories, but it's taken it to the extreme. Yeah. Because hashtag yeah. making memories can be at St. Ones.
0: <laughs> hashtag making memories is not a remortgage. Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, the exactly. day out. Hashtag mindfulness. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that's been a lesson. Yeah, for sure. So you've made it through. How many years are you clear
1: now? So that's another thing. So I go for a. I did go for a scan. That's another thing. They would never tell me that I was clear. Um, they have. Well, they don't. Still don't like to use the word. Uh, what's it? What's the word? Um. See remission. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. So they, I was having a scan every three months, and that was a roller coaster of anxiety in itself. Then it went to six months, and now it's every year. Yeah. So I still have a scan every year, full body MRI and CT.
0: Do you still get nervous?
1: Yeah, and the anxiety is through the roof. Yeah. Like this last one was horrendous. It was horrendous because it's gone from six months to a year. Yes, so I've had a yeah, year like. free of not going. So it's like. I suppose either. Will
0: will that time span get longer as the years go on? Yeah, I think
1: due to research and the rarity, they want to do it till 10 years. Right. Just because for their, you know, for their research and, yeah.
0: So, um... You've been heavily involved in charity work Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, I even met you in Morocco. Yes. Mountain trekking while I was uh, lushing it, obviously. (laughs) Is this something that's particularly close to your heart? Do you feel committed to the cause so that others in your position would find it easier? Or are you just like, I've had cancer, I must do something for charity?
1: Um, No. So I I is very much so when... I first got diagnosed and I was first having chemo, Fojo, Friends of Jersey Oncology, was just starting up by Kerry, my chemo nurse, oncology nurse, Um, and she'd come from Aberdeen where they'd set something up similar there. So it's about non-states-funded or non-government-funded equipment and experiences and help and support for the patients. So bringing it right back to me, selfishly, I was (laughs) sat, um, you have to have good veins for chemo and I've got rubbish veins and so I then had to sit and boil my hands every time in oh, a hot wow. boiling water. What well,
0: does that expand the yeah, vein? Yeah,
1: apparently, right. So every time before chemo, I had to do this. And then I, um, then eventually, they found a vein. And then it was a, wasn't until we got chatting, and I was like, "Well, where a vein finder? You know, I they'd borrowed one from the renal unit. So oh, I'm like, right. why have we? Why is this? Why has this department not got its own? Vein I'm boiling finger. my
0: hands here, I need it's a machine, It's there's it. loads
1: of affluent people in Jersey that have yeah. obviously had cancer, like, come on, let's. I'll throw in whatever yeah. it is to not be in pain. Anyway, so conversations like that, had started, and that's when I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get involved here, because, you know, there's people there that haven't got a support network like me, friends yeah. and family, that are on their own, or maybe, you know, they don't, they don't can't afford I don't know shopping or whatever you know yeah electricity bills when you need to keep warm so that's what Fojo does right um so I was on a bit of a mission there around right this is not right we if states of Jersey can't fund which is understandable um we need to do something between us and what I liked and what I was passionate about is it stays in Jersey yeah so it's very localized like McMillan's. yeah or, yeah or you don't know where it's going
0: exactly so that was important to me and
1: that's when i done the you know the Liverpool Half so Marathon. And are the, you
0: still heavily involved with them now? Yep.
1: Yeah, so I'm still sort of on the committee there. There's only seven of us, yeah. sort of n- none of us are paid or anything. It's still very, uh, I suppose, what they call it, a, a holistic, a, a, you know, yeah. a small little charity.
0: Do you, I'm going a bit off-piste yeah. here, but did you ever get any counselling?
1: No, so when I went to Macmillan, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't. Um, I was just like, what's what's this? So it's a tick, It's a sort of a tick box exercise when you get cancer, but right, like you've okay. got to go to Macmillan. Yeah. Okay. I've so, gone, yeah, spoke to someone. Yeah, and the support group there um, didn't work for me because it wasn't around my cancer, and I know it sounds awful, but a lot of them died. So mm. it worked in reverse for me. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Did you think I'd be touched with a black death? I was I'd like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. This is not for me. This is not for me. Um, so I... Didn't have counselling because of the cancer. I've had counselling because of the anxiety on the results. Mm. Each t- When it was every three months, I was literally living my life like every six weeks before the next letter came. Yeah. Then the anxiety started, the panic attack. I was like, what if? And then when you get to two years, you chill out a little bit because yeah. it's like, yes, you've made that two-year mark after diagnosis because that's a massive thumbs up. So the counselling, and it was like, I think, three sessions around, um, you know, and it gave me some tools and techniques because guess what, Lisa? Worrying over this result is not going to change that result. Well,
0: well, yeah, they say if you worry about something before you go through it, you go through it twice because you're worrying then, and then you do it and you're still worrying. Exactly. So, I mean, that's nothing that your friends and family can help you with. You do need professionals for that.
1: 100%. And do you know what? It was... People told me that I probably need counselling and I was very resistant to it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you I talking
0: was... about? I'm amazing. I I'm fine. I'm absolutely
1: fine. And, and you know, fr- good friends that I've been friends with since I was younger, you know, they've had counselling for other different things yeah. and they kept saying, we really do think that you would benefit. And I'd then get really angry. Mm. And a lot of the side effects that I've had have been anger. Right. Resistance delayed to anger. It. Yeah.
0: Now, do you think that showed up as anger towards the cards that you were dealt. Yeah. you just like taking it out in other directions. Probably. So. so I was
1: like frustrated. I didn't want people to cancer to define me. I was quite yeah. an independent person beforehand. And do you know, I, I didn't want me to be the cancer girl or yeah. you know, I was quite resistant and, and fought that. Yeah. You don't want to be the poster no. girl. No. For sarcoma so I think or... the, the, the way I did that was the charity work. So I'm helping other people. So I don't mind yeah. that cancer reference.
0: Yeah, but essentially but at the you're time, I was a up bit up like a big C. Yeah. <laughs> so that fateful day where you went for the hysterectomy and finally got a diagnosis, that's inextricably changed your outlook. Do you feel like your life's been split into two halves of before and after? Yeah. So before, for 36 years,
1: zero to 36 years, this is going to sound... Not arrogant or or cringy, but I literally had the perfect life. So yeah. family, friends, holidays, um, good laughs. My family like really close. Always have a laugh. Still close now. Um, weren't ever really rich. weren't ever really poor. We just had good times. A nice whatever. Little life, a nice yeah. little life,
0: right? No tragedy.
1: No tragedy, really. You know, natural sort of grandparent had died. You know, the natural way yeah. things are supposed to happen. Then, thirty six diagnosed with cancer my daughter was diagnosed with hip dysplasia in southampton you know eight hour operations on a tiny little baby what the hell that was that. you're dealing with that while dealing
0: with your own stuff yeah
1: um my grandmother died in the space so within 13 months cancer chemo libby with her hip dysplasia my nan died and my dad had a heart attack got air ambulance to what's it's. John Radcliffe Hospital yeah. in Oxford, Oxford through stress through worry of all this because he hadn't really yeah. dealt and then your guilt kicks in 100% with... it was it was a shit show if i'm honest the 13 months i crammed it's like it my bad luck life, was life events yeah within 13 months year. yeah and then it's like so that was then and this is now so whilst i'm conscious about being the st- still the same lisa i'm less well I, i'm i'm genuinely not bothered about if I go out on a night out and I might potentially fall over or sing a yeah. bad karaoke song. The cringe factor's not really there anymore. Yeah. Like give shits about yeah, what people think. Yeah, totally. like, so And it's not an arrogance no. because it's just... Uh, and yeah, it, why I'm would I care? A, yeah. I don't care. Like, a, It's hard for people to sometimes go, well, that's a bit much. But If I'm not hurting anyone, yeah. I'm not going to let anybody's judgment or thoughts define my future type thing that's I'm not... an amazing way to look
0: at things yeah so do you still in your magnificent health now do you still drink like a pirate or have you gone full kale smoothies right and i know you do a 10k so all oh, right stop. no so
1: i i again i is again the word erratic is a theme through my life <laughs> um I'm glad you've kept that
0: part of yes. yourself. Yes,
1: kale smoothies, yeah, sometimes. But then again, I research and they say don't do too many smoothies, especially when you're having chemo, because it, it, you want the chemo to stay in you. Oh, and you right. don't it want it all to come it out. out. Yeah, right. there's there's yin and yang to everything that I've, you know. And so I was like, oh, no. And, you know, I did get myself into a right. His was about sugar. Yeah. Obsessed about. I read another book. Sugar oh, causes God, cancer. I phoned. You. I phoned the Royal Marsden nutritionist. You know, a really high up person that couldn't really be, you know, dealing with me at the time. I was okay at the time. You yeah. know, like I'd been, I'd had my chemo. I was on the road to to good Recovery. type thing. But I was adamant. You know, did this? Did my um, uh, sort of food intake cause this? No, it didn't. It didn't, Lisa, you know. Pour have a custard cream, exactly. you'll be absolutely go fine. go and have a drink. Yeah. The amount of doctors that have told me, and I have clung on to that, is go and have a red wine. Really? That reservatol so you... in the red wine, that ingredient <laughs> is a good ingredient. You don't abstain then? No, I don't. No, yeah. I do not. I mean, you're not taking it living. to
0: extremes either. But... No,
1: I'm not taking it to either extremes. And I think, you know, I do my runs. I yeah. live life how I, you know, I... How I enjoy life. Pretty balanced. Balanced. And I think that's the key, isn't it, for everything, even your diet? Balance.
0: Don't do yeah. extremes. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people say life's short, and that just rolls off the tongue. And we've not been faced with it. Ultimately, we think we're going to die when we're old. I want you to give us some advice of, to people who aren't going through it how to deal with y- people who are. How do we approach them, us lay people? I don't want to come up and say, oh, you were the cancer, oh, that's terrible. I mean, is there any advice that you can give us? So
1: they may have cancer. They may have have been diagnosed with cancer. They may... um, They have probably gone deep, deep into their soul, being faced with mortality, questioned Mm. lots of things. So the head is a bit in a, a different place. So what I would say is... Don't ignore them in the street. That's mm. probably you know it's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. Um. Don't use the puppy dog eyes because yeah. guess what? This is not about you and how uncomfortable you may feel. Yeah. If you're fine and you're perfectly okay, you know, and it's hard for people that haven't had cancer because sometimes people say to me, "You're a bit matter of fact there with that person," but I would have. I suppose it's who you are as a person. Some yeah. people do wallow and people do want the, the line, the queue of people outside their door, mm. you know, wearing the black. Oh, come With on. the rose. You know, like, I'm like, hmm. But I suppose if you know that person well enough, you'll know how to yeah. approach it. They're still
0: the same person. They're still the same person, if you 100%. Said hello if, to them last week, please again say
1: hello. Please say hello to them again. Um And, you know... Be kind to yourself in don't overthink what it should be. Be kind to them. Be kind to yourself. Don't, I suppose, overthink how am I going to do this? Because I think, I suppose it's for everything. If somebody has cancer, if somebody has been given a different diagnosis of, you know, another horrible fatal illness, it's like... They're still the same person like they were last week. They just unfortunately have had some really shit news.
0: Yeah. And is it acceptable to say, listen, I don't know what to say, but I hope you're okay.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what to say. I'm really sorry. And I suppose it's about striking that balance, acknowledging it, giving respect, but also not, you know, don't be the crier. And try not to be too intrusive. I suppose, yeah, I suppose. like the one yeah. who's up and in, be, up in your grill. Yeah, and they'll when they're ready to talk about it, they will. I'm sure they will. Mm, for but sure. some different people, you know. Different. So,
0: given that current statistics show that one in two people will get cancer mm. in their lifetime, I just can't believe that. I know. Well, uh, you so and real. me, it was you. I know. It could still be me.
1: Well, this is the thing. I've got friends of five, say really five or six close friends that we've been friends with forever. I had it, then my friend had it not so long after, a really nasty one, and we were like, we cannot believe as a group we are going through this again.
0: Yeah. It's mental, and it's so real. At such a young age, it doesn't really cherry-pick, does it, Cancer It picks anybody. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty clear that we're all going to be touched by this story in one way or the other. I hope that we can all take something away from Lisa's honesty, (laughs) and I just want to thank you again from the absolute bottom of my heart for allowing us into a very personal part of your life. That's okay. Thank you, Lisa. Thank
1: you for letting me chat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Blether away anytime. (laughs) If you've got any questions, hit me up and I can put you in touch with Lisa, who I'm sure will be happy to answer any of your questions. Thanks again, Lisa. That concludes today's podcast. If you have any questions, please get in touch. You can find me on the gram at Get Jill Podcasts.